You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge knows that providing a freezer full of meat is part of the reason we all hunt. And what better way to bring it full circle than to process your own wild game? Outdoor Edge provides a full lineup of traditional and replaceable blade hunting knives and complete wild game processing kits to bring your wild game from the field to the freezer. Visit OutdoorEdge.com and at checkout, enter the discount code N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Vortex Optics. Mic check, one, two, three, four, here we go. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles. Now, this is one of those episodes that for some people might be hard to swallow. Um, We have a person, his name is Skip Sly. He is the owner of a forum called Iowa Whitetail. It's a well-known whitetail forum here in the state of Iowa. And I think it, uh, it... It does have a lot of uh, other information on the website, you know, for other states or the Midwest or whatever. So it's kind of nationwide as well. I mean, it it is on the Internet. But what we're talking about today is about what makes Iowa such a great state for deer hunting and why it's the Mecca and why some people look at it as the number one destination for deer big bucks right for for awesome deer herd health for uh you know just the 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 place that you want to go experience if you are a serious whitetail hunter and there's reasons why this state is at the top and it has to do with the rules and regulations it has to do with the fact that we don't have a gun season during the during the rut or a rifle season during the rut. We don't allow crossbows uh, during the archery season. We do have a crossbow season. Uh, it is, it's a late season crossbow. Um, we don't have high powered rifles for the most part. We have a, a high powered, um, or we did 
I'm not 100% sure what's happening in, in this 20, uh, 2022 season for uh, high powers in late season. We do have straight wall cartridges. But what, what I'm trying to say is I was great for a reason. And there's a hand thing, handful of things that go into it. Now, what makes this particular podcast maybe a little bit hard to swallow is... When we start talking about non-resident tag allocation, we start talking about landowners, we start talking about um, the lawmakers, the lobbyists, the insurance companies, and other special interest groups that are trying to change, get these rules and regulations changed. And so by doing that, the equation changes. And when we change the equation of what makes something good or bad, then the outcome changes. And what Skip doesn't want to happen is for Iowa, and this is with no disrespect to anybody who lives in different states, we don't want our state to turn into some of the other states that are out there, right? Where we have a a, a multiple week gun season during the, the rut. The, 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 the deer herd and the age structure would more than likely go down in a scenario like this. And I know that, okay, so here's what I did. I went online on Instagram and I posted, are you happy with the rules and regulations of your current state? Hunting rules and regulations, very, for, for deer hunting. And so I got a wide swath of people throughout the, the country and out of... I think the people here in Iowa voted yes, that they were happy. Most people in other states voted no, actually. So, for example, a guy uh, emailed me. He goes, man, Michigan should be a one-buck state. Illinois should be a one-buck state. You know, um, I'm not sure what the what Pennsylvania is, but they, they praised antler restrictions. And so most of the people, uh, there was one guy in New York— and, who said that he was happy with his current regulations, but everybody else, an overwhelming majority of the people who answered said no. And so in this episode, we also talk about how hunters really aren't that involved. Lawmakers are saying that hunters need to be more involved if they want their current regulations to to uh, stay here in the state of Iowa, or they need to be more involved with their lawmakers and lobbyists and say, hey, we don't want, th- we don't want this. We need changes. We want to make it better. So, um, you know, it's a really good conversation. Uh, it is, a, it's, you know, it's one of those opinionated episodes where somebody is going to give their opinion. And sometimes uh, those opinions are likable and sometimes they're not likable so i would love to hear what you guys think so on wednesday today's wednesday i will post this on the nine finger chronicles instagram page please go over there and voice your opinion about your state let me know how this podcast turned out and um and we can talk let's start a conversation about what really needs to change to make i know what you're happy with what you're unhappy with things like that so I think it's a great episode. Um, I can't help but agree. Being an Iowan, I can't really help but agree with what Skip has to say today. So anyway, before we get into the episode, we got to do commercials, right? So we're going to be talking about Tethered, right? If you're looking for a saddle, a badass saddle, 
uh, and information on how to use it, you need to go over to the Tethered website. So much information. It's a great product. I've tested it out. I have it here in my office. I've been shooting out of it. Uh, I can't wait to get into some of these uh, spots that I have access to and uh, start hunting from a saddle, man. It's uh, it's going to be a game changer, I think, right? It's But the guys over there at Tethered, what they're really excited about is for people to use this saddle as a tool, not necessarily replace tree stand hunting. They don't want that. They want you to use this saddle as a tool in your hunting arsenal. So go check out Tethered's website, tons of information, tons of products that they offer. Wasp Archery, if you're looking for um, an awesomely, the the words here aren't going to probably be professional, but awesomely designed broadhead whether that's a mechanical or a fixed blade with some of the best material available then you need to go check out uh, wasparchery.com uh, most of not all of them but most of their heads are made in the united states awesome design durable and they do a shit ton of damage when they hit an animal uh, I, i've been using them for like 14 or 15 years now and i love everything about uh, about the uh, wasp broadheads, specifically the jackhammer. I've killed more deer uh, with that particular head than all the other heads combined. So wasparchery.com, discount code S, or excuse me, discount code NFC20 for 20% off. Hunt stand, dude, uh, later this week or next week, I'm going to be recording an unfiltered episode where I talk about this new property that I picked up um, about an hour away from my house. And so I ended up call or uh, ended up getting my hunt stand all calculated. Right, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now, and just basically it was. I went on a scouting mission. I hung tra trail cameras. I left little, you know, here's a crit crossing point. Here's uh, what I think might be a good pinch point during uh, a rut hunt. Uh, also, like what is, you know, where my, where potential tree stand locations could be. Any points of interest, I marked it on hunt stand. Uh, and the cool thing was, is as I was driving around the section, I went in there, I did my scout, hung uh, tree ca uh, trail cameras all the information i found out that there was a neighboring landowner about oh half a mile mile away who i knew so i stopped at his door he wasn't home i called him and and it's good to have another person that i know in the area so um huntstand.com awesome information awesome they, they have information just like tethered does on on how to properly use their their platform it's very affordable huntstand.com discount code sn20 for 20 percent off and lastly vortex optics i'm getting ready to send in a new i'm getting ready to send in my old pair of binoculars in for i don't know uh for repair right i'm going to use their vip warranty but here's what i'm going to do vortex because i get some product from them every once in a while is going to be sending me a brand new pair what i'm going to do is i'm going to send in my current pair of binoculars to get refurbished and then i'm going to give those away 
for free. And I think uh, what I'm going to try to talk Vortex into doing is throwing away, uh, throwing in some of their gear or from some of their clothing as well. They have an awesome apparel line too. If you didn't notice that, uh, didn't know that, go to vortexoptics.com. Check out their apparel line. Check out all of their optics. Uh, and what I love about the the product is that they're they're an awesome well-built product at the same time the people who work for that company are participants in the outdoors and shooting sports so when you call in with questions they know how to answer your questions all right and and that's that's great customer service so vortexoptics.com all right other than that let's get into today's episode with skip sly of iowa whitetail enjoy guys Three, two, one. All right. On the phone with me today, Mr. Skip Sly. Skip, how are we doing, man? Good. Really good. I'm watering trees at my farm. Uh, we're fine. I'm finally catching a little bit of this drought. Yeah. So I've been out watering and now I get to go back in my, my house for a little bit and cool off and talk to you. Yeah. What county do you live in, in here in Iowa? Um. So I live in Decatur uh famous decatur which yep. doesn't make any difference i mean i ha- i have farms in some different counties um they're all pretty much equally good i mean D- decatur gets the most hype yeah um but not not based on really reality yeah i was just uh checking to see as far as uh as far as the drought is concerned because i, I looked at the drought map oh what was it um i looked at the drought map earlier today or, or uh, yesterday and it showed that it went away for a little bit but it looks like it's kind of coming back into the the southern part of the state again yeah i mean i look back at like the last five august mm-hmm. um and it's been dry all but one of them this year what's getting us here where i'm at is compared to last year we got higher heat so even 10 or 15 degrees temperature change which is higher this year. Last year was cooler. It got to maybe nineties yeah. this year. We're seeing stuff in the hundreds and that's what burns things up. So, yeah. you know, it, it's not a huge deal. I come to expect it. Um, August are usually dry. A lot of times July are, but it's getting dry here. I mean, it's, it's not great, but at, at the same time, this is fairly typical. I mean, this is kind of what you expect for an August. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I kind of noticed was we've had less of those rain days that are just soakers. We've had high volume of rain in short periods of time, a lot more flash flooding and things like that. And that's never really good. Yep. Yeah. I had a few things, uh, a few projects I did in the spring kind of wash out a little bit. I redid some waterways and I had one day where we had like three or four inches of rain and I had to go redo a couple of those. The rest of them held up pretty good, but yeah. um, Every season has, I mean, I farm as well. So, uh, every season has challenges with weather. It's yeah. just a matter of what time. I mean, what part of the year, what, I mean, sometimes it's hail, sometimes it's too much rain. Sometimes it's too little. It's just, yeah. it's never perfect ever. Right. And that's the life of a farmer though, right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, well, um, and I think <laughs> kind of going back to that, I think that's why farmers are so good at complaining about things because like, <laughs> that's one thing that my uh, I learned from my grandpa. It's like, it's too hot out. Well, it's too cold out. Well, I'm it's like, are you ever happy with anything? It's like, no, no I'm not. You, <laughs> it's just like anything. You have to find a place of contentment. Right. 
just like, hey, wanting things or whatever. I mean, yeah. there's always something to complain about, but yeah. at, at, at a certain point, you just got to be like, listen, this is what I signed up for. This is that's every right. year is going to have its challenges, and it is what it is. Right, right. That's that's a fact. That's a fact. All right, so Skip, um, you're a farmer, but you're also, I don't know, are you a member, or how does that work? How does Iowa Whitetails work? So I actually own it. Okay. Um, and back in the day, I mean, I was a member for years and just learned just so much information from there. And there was this guy named Double Tree on Iowa Whitetail. Um, and I started talking to him about different habitat projects and advice. And really quickly, I learned that he was my neighbor in Van Buren County. That's where I had my first farm and that's where I started. Yeah. And so we got to be really good friends. And just the, I mean, I've, I've like anybody, I've, I've just dove into so much different information and listened to so many quote unquote experts and Doubletree really was, but he, I mean, he was an awesome guy on top of that. Just, uh, I'm mean, going to talk about this for an hour, but I'm yeah. amazing human being. And so he died maybe, hmm, I'm guessing seven or eight years ago. Uh, and then after that, I had an opportunity to buy Iowa Whitetail and I did it just so like the Doubletree legacy could continue. And because I learned so much there, I just want to make sure it was preserved and, and that legacy was continued. And then the other goals of that was just um, protecting the state of Iowa, which we're going to talk about. Yeah. I mean, that is a main goal. Yeah. Um, helping new hunters, helping, you know, there's, there's things where, where people, they get things figured out and then they live in their own little bubble in their own world and they check out and they don't realize that a lot of other people help them get yeah. there. So it's just a way for me to help other people. It's not motivated by money. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't do it to, to make money at all. Um, I did it to help others, and I can honestly say that with a straight face. I did it purely to help others preserve this state, conservation, habitat, um, just a well-rounded whitetail motives on, on helping other hunters and, yeah. and helping the people who help me in kind of this, in the same way. Right. All right. So uh, for those who don't know, what is Iowa Whitetail? Iowa Whitetail is a forum um we do have youtube videos we have a social media presence not real big i mean i personally have never been i i'm i never have been a big facebook person instagram i've got a couple guys that help with that that'll post stuff occasionally just because there is some people that it's hard to reach the new generations just on social social media so um so we will do things with social media but we've always wanted to stay off of facebook as our like predominant platform uh, for just a variety of reasons. I mean, I mean, I could go into that, why, why we want to stay off there, but I want to retain the forum. Um, we'll probably expand the forum and do some creative uh, upgrades and technology thing that things that are above my head and above my pay grade. I'm not a technology person. So, gotcha. so it's a forum and, you know, we've got different topics like habitat, uh, buying land, um, fixing up land, uh, protecting the state of Iowa, the legislative updates, yeah. um, tips for hunters, new hunters. I mean, and then just general discussion about hunting and, and the, um, everything that goes, goes on around the Midwest. It's, it's not just for Iowa people either. I mean, a right. lot of our members are from out of state as well. Right. Right. Okay. So that's kind of a, a real quick breakdown of who you are and what Iowa whitetail, uh, is, is, is and is about so 
the reason that you're on this podcast today is because you put out a video recently. Uh, what was the title of it? Keep Iowa Great? Yeah, Keep Iowa Great, Keep Iowa Hunting Great, either one. Yeah, Keep Iowa Great, Keep Iowa Hunting Great. Before we get into the details about what you covered on this video, why did you make it? Um, Every year, it's the same thing. Every year, I spend time and my buddies spend time and countless people I know spend time trying to get others to write in, trying to get others to contact the the politicians because the politicians control what goes on in the state. They control it. Yeah. So we're constantly fighting, fighting back, defending all this legislation that, that comes out because of special interests, uh, because of lobbyists. Um, we're always defending the state of Iowa. They always want to add this weapon. They want to make this new season. The insurance company supports xyz to get rid of all these more these extra deer and they always have great reasons for it every, every, the other side of the argument always has great reasons for these things but hunters are always on defense and not just in iowa but this, this is the state i live in and i want to protect and i, I don't want to see it put on the drain but um as hunters we're always on defense and i'm just i'm tired of it so we we need we need a bigger movement. We need more people aware of what's going on and we need more hands on deck so people can write into these politicians. And I mean, I talk to countless amount of these politicians. I mean, on both sides, I, I talk, I have them in my cell phone um, where I can call most of them. And the ones that, that I would say are um, on the right side of things, on the conservation minded side of things, I'm not selling the state out. Those are the ones I talk to. And they're like, listen, we're not hearing from hunters. We hear from, you know, businesses. We hear from um, regular citizens that hate deer. We hear from the insurance companies. We're not hearing from hunters. Please help. And, you know, and we've done that in the past. And the, the Iowa Bull Hunters Association has done that in the past. Um, but we need more of that because that's all I hear from all these politicians is, please, if you don't want to see these things happen, we need to hear from you guys. Yeah. So this video is one more thing to support that. Yeah. All right. So let's kind of get into the things that usually come up that make us on the deep, like put us on the defense. Iowa, like whether you're a non-resident or a resident, what are some of the things? And let's just go, let's go through these one by one and discuss them and then move our way through it. What are, what's the first thing? that always puts Iowans on defense. And I know some of what you're going to say may is, is your opinion and it's the opinion of others, but there might be some devil's advocate playing here where I put myself into the shoes of someone who opposes your thought and just to, just to see how we, we work it out. Oh, there's a, there's a very real um, group of people that have an, the absolute opposite opinion of me. Mm -hmm. I mean, the lobbyists, uh, for these certain groups, the insurance companies, um, some of these firearm coalitions. I mean, there's very opposing views on this, and I, I'd gladly have the debate with any of them. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, the biggest issues, uh, you know, the number one thing would be messing with the, the whole non-resident issue. And, yeah. and I said it, um, I've got another video, the, the part two, that's more in-depth. That'll come out this week, but... Um, I have countless non-resident friends. I love them. I mean, they're yeah. great people. They're, they're personal friends of mine. They're neighbors of mine. Um, 
they don't want to see Iowa ruined. No, most most of non-residents don't want to see seasons added. Don't want more non-resident tags added. Don't want um, all these things that that jeopardize the state. Most of the non-residents I know are actually on our side or my side. Um, and I, you don't have to have the same views as me, clearly. But um, I would say that the non-residents are vastly supportive of conservation efforts because they're leaving their state to try and hunt here as often yeah. as they can uh, because they've seen what's happened to their state. And I go, listen, I don't want Iowa to turn into what I'm leaving, yeah. what I'm, you know, I take my vacation from and escape to Iowa from, you know, guys from Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, uh, with, all over the place. I mean, they don't want to see Iowa turn into those states. Yeah. And so one of the biggest things that I, it's, it's something that is, seems to be brought up, if not every year, every other year. And that would be allowing non-resident landowners the ability to hunt Iowa every single year because they, they hunt uh, just because they own property, but they live out of state. What, what are your thoughts oh, yeah. on, what are your thoughts on that? Very, very difficult discussion. Very, I mean, I understand both sides of this. Yeah. I get it, yeah. but we can't change it. No. This state has seven to eight percent timber. There's very little habitat in this state. The the pressure. I mean, I'm all I'm in five counties, and I probably have owned land or farmed in twenty five counties. I'm in countless different neighborhoods. I mean, the pressure as it is, um, the amount of people losing access as it is, and the amount of non resident ownership as it is 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 through the roof. I mean, the pressure's crazy. Everybody's like, oh, there's hardly any hunters in Iowa. Baloney. Baloney. There's not one track in the state that isn't usually covered in tree stands, covered in blinds. Um, as many people that can hunt it will. A lot of times people are like, listen, I got too many hunters. Can't let anybody else go. Um, things are leased up somewhat. Uh, but, um, yeah, we we can't change the system. And, yeah. you know, the, the, the res... The, I own land here, so I should be able to hunt. Here's the thing. If we do that, this this land will be all, I mean, completely gobbled up by non-residents. Yeah. These people are out east, and, and wealthy people are in different states that say, hey, 5,000 an acre is nothing. 10,000 an acre, that's no problem. Um, to be able to hunt there every year, I mean, it will be gobbled up. It is 7 to 8% timber. We don't have these vast swaths of timber like like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan. I mean, we don't have the the habitat. It will completely be owned by non-resident. Every yeah. time it comes for sale, it will be bought by a non-resident. Or the few residents that are able to afford it will get a little bit, and the ground will go from, hey, there used to be a lot of 160-acre sections, and then it'll get broke up into 40s and 20s. And what basically what's happened in Illinois and a lot of other states. And right. we have that here, I mean— you get up towards Des Moines, you get into Warren County, Madison County, um, some counties around Des Moines, and there's a lot of 20, 30-acre sections. There's actually a lot of mature bucks. Everybody's like, well, Iowa doesn't have that many people hunting, or it's got these giant pieces of land. Well, you can hunt by Des Moines in 10 and 20-acre sections, and there's mature bucks there. There's a ton of pressure as it is. So, um you know, and last, here's what I'd say on the non-resident I own land here. Listen, every state should prioritize the residents. The citizens of yes. that state 
should define what goes on. And the citizens of this state know, for the most part, what would happen. And and they need the ones that don't know need to understand it. Yeah. I mean, Colorado, out west, um, they have certain draws for elk or for mule deer. Where you know, it, it, if you go to Arizona or New Mexico and you want to hunt this or that, it doesn't mean because you own land there you automatically get a tag. Some states you do, some states you don't. And just because it's for elk or for mule deer or, or whatever, um, it doesn't mean we can't do the same thing for whitetail. So yeah. in a state that's so fragile, and I say this, I, I, I can't emphasize this enough. The state is so fragile with 7 to 8% timber, we cannot do anything to, um, to jeopardize it anymore. And the non-resident ownership as it is, is pretty significant. So yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, here's what I'm afraid of on a non-resident. Let's, let's say for that specific law, they say, okay, all non-residents can, uh, non-resident landowners can, can do this. The flood comes in, right? And then we turn into this. What I'm afraid of is the displacement of local hunters and the so so uh, i've seen it firsthand in some of the farms that i've lost throughout the years i used to have permission uh it's been sold to a non-resident they don't even hunt it they can't for you know because of that so they it just sits empty and they get to you know they they sit back but what it's done is it has displaced five, six, seven hunters. So then they have to go somewhere. And because Iowa is only what less than 2% public lands for them to access and that public lands equals state parks and other places where you can't hunt. Um, so the, the amount of property in the entire state of Iowa, uh, to actually hunt on public ground is very small. Uh, and yeah, it's it, a small it, amount of public land of any state. Yeah. It's either that or it's, Kansas. I can't, I can't remember, but it, no, it's Iowa. It's Iowa. Okay. Kansas has the, the walk-in program, which we do too, but Kansas has been doing that for so much longer and it's, it's reasonably lucrative for the landowners to do that. So there might not be quote unquote public land in Kansas in Bass Wasp, but because they have the walk-in program, right. there's tons of, of public access in Kansas. I mean, right. a lot. Right. I was dwindled and um, it's last out of 50, I think for, yeah. for public access and the kids aren't going to have anywhere to go. Right. Hey, we want kids to get into hunting. We, the, the, the hunter recruitment's low, you know, we need all these weapons. That's the solution. No, it's not. Yeah. The, they need quality places to go. And when the land gets locked up and bought up, they're not going to have places to go. Yeah. So, so there's, the, there's this, this, uh, the legislation comes up every once in a while. It's like, hey, we need to let non-resident landowners hunt every year. Now, here's the thing. Um, let's play devil's advocate for a second. And I go, well, I pay taxes on on that property. I should be able to hunt every year on it. What is your what's your counter argument for that? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
you you signed up for this. You yeah. knew what you signed up for. You signed up to buy land in a fragile state that's managed exceptionally well, mm-hmm. knowing you couldn't hunt it every year. You knew this. Mm-hmm. What what you want to change the rules after the fact that you knew what you signed up for? Yeah. And I understand there's some frustration that you know the draw for Iowa has gone from you know every other year, every three years to every five, and that's a lot to do with the publicity around Iowa, mm-hmm. which is a big myth, but. You know, they give the governor tags out or the celebrity tags, you know, with the goal of reaching large audiences. And you have to re- write a report afterwards saying, hey, this is how many people my videos reached. And these people watch these videos of these huge, exceptionally well-managed farms and go, wow, Iowa's amazing. Well, we don't need to advertise the state anymore. Um, yeah. The governor's celebrity tag program needs to be gone 10 years ago. There is no justification for it. None. It needs to be gone. It should have been gone 10 years ago. And when you have a five-year wait for a bow tag, there's no justification for that governmental program. And that's how the government operates. If there's no justification for it, they need to review it and they need to remove it. Right. Now, one other thing before I forget. With the non-resident argument, that one of the politicians I could gladly name who this is, and it's the same group that does all, that puts all these things through that's you know, sides with the insurance lobbyists. And um, I mean, it's the same group every year. Then uh, say the name. But- so we know we, we like that's, you know, if if we were going to hide a name, it would probably be of uh, someone who is not in politics. But these people are voted in. So so yeah. share that share that okay. information. So, so there's one I'll, I'll name probably the top offender on every bad legislative um, bill that comes up. And that's Rosenboom. And there's a couple of them. There's a couple of them. One of them that's out, out west that's always supporting the firearm stuff. Uh, one in northwest Iowa. Um, but Rosenboom would be the, the most predominant one. And he's got buddies that are farmers. He got, he's got buddies that um, got busted poaching does or something along those lines. And if I have this correct, incorrect or off at all, I do apologize. But several of his buddies got... Um, heavy duty fines for shooting does and, and shooting this, that, and the other thing. And, and they're complaining to, to him saying, Hey, there's too many deer. Um, and that was just one example of, of, um, why he supports this stuff, but he's always sided with the insurance companies, with the firearm coalitions and with the non-residents, he sides with the non-residents on any issue that comes out. He's down in Southeast Iowa. So, um, so here's what and they look, did. I'm sorry. Once I, I do have to ask this: Is he Democrat or Republican? He's Republican. Okay. And that's. Um, I won't get too far in this rabbit hole, but I would. Ju- I'll just state it. I'm on the right wing of the spectrum, and I am ashamed of what a lot of the. Re- it's usually the Republicans that are on the wrong side of these issues because, you know, their 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 pockets are donated by the businesses, by the lobbying groups. Um, you know, Farm Bureau is is the biggest deer hating group that exists in the state of Iowa, um, and they're they're a, hu- a huge donating uh, and lobbying network. I mean, they're huge. They hire lobbyists, they own lobbyists, uh, and I would argue they own politicians. They do, and anything that um, that you could be on the wrong side of for for conservation, for deer hunting, for yeah. habitat, Farm Bureau supports it, and so do these politicians. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. One one point before I forget. Um, so here's what they did last year. They said, uh, "Hey, 
if you're a non-resident, you own land, you can hunt every year, but you got to let some non-residents hunt. And I talked to countless non-residents about this and I'm, and they, you know, you got to sign up one or two or whatever the number is. It's silly. Um, it's a smoke screen. It's just a deflection. And every one of them are like, Hey, I know countless resident buddies of mine that, that will just say they hunt here. I'm not even going to let them hunt here. Yeah. But they, the, you know, they do some work for me. I know them. I'm friendly with them. Um, maybe I'll let them shoot. Maybe there's occasionally an occasion that I hear, I'll let them shoot a bully buck or a doe. Uh, and they'll vouch that they hunt on my land. So nobody's going to abide by this. You can't enforce this. There's yeah. no enforcing it. It's a smoke screen. It's deflection. This is, this is politics 101 on making something sound better. That's actually just garbage. It's garbage. Yeah. So, all right. So the non-resident thing is, it's a very hot topic of discussion, right? And kind of moving, still a non-resident, right? It, it's We say it's all about money, right? Do you think it would benefit the state of Iowa to, or maybe any state that has a, a non-resident issue? I mean, you hear people out West bitch about non-residents all the time too, but would it be in any benefit to allow non-residents or excuse me to allow residents to pick up an additional tag somehow to keep that non-resident uh you know non-resident at bay you know i'm just thinking outside of the box of instead of instead of instead of giving non-residents the ability to hunt in their state giving residents more opportunity to hunt in this state i mean we have more opportunity than probably any state. I mean, not we have as much opportunity. So in my video, I state this is very simple. We have four months of deer season. That's right. one third of the year. Uh, we have seven deer seasons, you know, youth, bow, first gun, second gun, early muzzle. I mean, on and on. Now we have the late shed buck season, the late rifle season. So we have seven deer seasons. You can hunt with six plus different weapons. Um, everybody can kill two bucks. I mean, I would argue, let's reduce it back. Let's make it one buck. Yeah. Um, it's not going to happen because hunters play defense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd like to see it be one buck. Am I advocating that? Am I fighting for that? No. No, it's not going to happen, most likely, unless the state keeps getting degraded. But there's tons of opportunities as it is. And everybody, that's what these groups say when they're trying to push the weapons. Yeah. Hey, we need crossbows. We need more opportunities for kids. Hey, let's add rifles. We need more opportunities for the everyday hunter. That's going to have the opposite effect. It will have the exact opposite of what these politicians say. All that will happen is more people will lock up their ground. They'll say, oh, my gosh, these politicians are going crazy again. Um, and then these kids will, these kids and these new hunters and the guys that hunt by permission will be like, hey, that sounded great at the time. Then the more opportunities, things, oh, now I don't have a place to hunt. A lot of them are already saying that as it is. Yeah. Uh, but it's just going to happen significantly more the second you add more opportunities. So, um, and you think, you think that by allowing, for example, a crossbow, um, more people will come in and hunt and thus having the opposite effect from an access point, meaning now that there's uh, a crossbow, a couple crossbow hunters are going to come into a piece and us kicking out a, a compound bow or a muzzleloader hunter. 
So yeah, if you if you for example the crossbow one, um, if you allow crossbows in Iowa, I mean this you can look at Wisconsin data on this. It doesn't actually recruit more hunters. It degrades the hunting quality. Um, it doesn't recruit more hunters. It makes more guys come out that are gun hunters. Hey, I can just pick up a crossbow. I mean, they're incredibly easy to sight in. It's like sighting in a gun. Let's just be honest. Um, and you've just got more packed uh, timber during archery season. Well, where I'm at and anywhere across the state I know of, the archery hunting is pretty popular. I mean, it's filled with people. It's very hard to even get archery permission here. And yeah. you start adding more guys that are crossbow hunting really that are, are probably just gun hunters or casual hunters. Um, you know, there, I, I see a little bit of merit to it. I understand, Hey, it's more opportunities. It's, it's more guys, but th that's not the result. And the Wisconsin data shows that, but we, we don't have the, the habitat, the timber, the available, um, deer resource to do this. I mean, yeah. we don't have, uh, a million deer in our state. So, um, when you can already use six different weapons and you can already use crossbows, just go use them late season. They got that through as they tried to do it as a stepping block, but we have crossbows here. Use them late season. If you're a big Primitive crossbow, weapon, I believe that yeah, season, right? Yeah. If you're, if you're a crossbow, crossbow, uh, proponent, use them late season. Yeah. Don't put them in archery season, which is already crowded. It's difficult as it is. Access is difficult as, mm -hmm. as it is. Do not add it. I mean, it'd be destructive. And yeah. the only, the real merit, the real drive to add crossbows is the crossbow manufacturers. Them hiring two, three, four, maybe up to seven lobbyists, I think, at one time. That That's the drive on why, why crossbows are even in discussion. And that's what happened in Michigan and Ohio and Illinois and Wisconsin. It's a crossbow lobby. It isn't the hunters that came and said, we really want crossbows. No, it's the lobbyists. And it's it's the crossbow manufacturers that hired these lobbyists. That's why these states have crossbows. It's not because of the citizens or the hunters. Yeah. So so someone for someone listening to this and be like, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say it how I would say it, right? So don't take any offense to this because I'm playing devil's advocate at this point. Man, this skip guy's an asshole. Like, why? <laughs> why doesn't why doesn't he want more people hunting? Why doesn't he want uh, more weapons so so more people can hunt? What's your response to that? If, if people want to say that, I would laugh. If I mean, and I get some comments online once in a while. It's usually the minority of the case. I'm just gonna say how it is. It's usually the minority. Somebody will call me obnoxious. Somebody called me obnoxious the other day. I laughed. I, <laughs> I seriously laughed. Um, or an asshole, whatever. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not out here dancing around the issues on, on some issues. I want to be very careful and well, and speak, uh, respectfully and clearly and kindly this issue. No, this is a different issue for me. If you talk to me about habitat or, Hey, how do I start hunting? I want some advice. I'm a new hunter. I'm going to be kind, delicate, and nice. I mean, I'm, I'm a friendly person. Yeah. On this issue, yeah, I'm an asshole. Yeah. I'm an asshole because I'm tired of these greedy, um, corrupt uh, goons. I mean, these. I'm just tired of people who want to exploit this resource. Yeah. And I'm not on the other end here saying, hey, I want to make a whole lot of money doing this, or yeah. I'm here to exploit at this. You're hurting what I'm doing. No, I'm just trying to protect 
what everyone else has in this state, which is an awesome state that I love. I'm just yeah. trying to protect. I don't have some hidden motivation like these politicians do. And it, it, it irks me and it, it angers me to see people trying to exploit this resource. So yes, yeah, I very well could come, come across as an asshole. Yeah. If you want to call me an asshole, that's okay. I still have a smile on my face. And there you go. Your, your opinion. <laughs> so let me ask you this question. What is it about Iowa right now that is so great? Because, and I'm, I'm going to make a comment, and then I want you to a- answer that question. The regulations, but go ahead. Yes, but is it the big bucks? Is it, like, if every, let's, let's just say we gave a little bit, right? But at the same time, everybody, for some reason, could be happy. But the size of the antlers and the age class then is reduced a little bit. Is that such a bad thing? Yes, yes, because everybody can be happy in this environment. When you have a balanced age structure, and that's what, what's great about Iowa, right. because of the regulations, because we limit, we limit non-residents, um, because we put the gun season out of the rut, brilliantly done understanding why it needed to happen decades ago, by the DNR, mm-hmm. uh, for farmers and for the age structure. Um, this was by design. We have the most balanced age structure probably in the country with a few exceptions. I mean, uh, way out west, can- uh, Kansas, Canada, stuff like that also probably have that, but uh, far less people than here. Um, so here's the thing. is Everybody says, well, uh, you know, wouldn't this help this person? Here's in there there might be i might be the minority or you might be the minority that wants to hunt a mature buck so at least i can do that here at least i have the opportunity to to chase a mature buck knowing that on pretty much any any 28 parcel i know of there is a mature buck in there some people might, might not believe it but even on small parcels there's usually a mature buck in there and i have the opportunity to chase those mature bucks in this state now the guy who's the weekend warrior that just wants to shoot a deer that just has to shoot, get his buck. I got to get my buck. They can do that here. They can shoot a year and a half old. I mean, and, and some people do or two and a half year old. They'll always have that opportunity. Those people will have that opportunity in Iowa and in all our surrounding States. They'll have the opportunity to shoot a year and a half, a two and a half, maybe a three and a half year old. But the guys who want to chase a mature buck, you start adding all this stuff, they won't have opportunities anymore. And where I grew up in Michigan, in all the states I hunted in between, Illinois, uh, Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri, uh, down the list. I mean, in Michigan, you do not have that opportunity. You do not have the opportunity to shoot a mature buck. I mean, I went multiple seasons without seeing a a two-and-a-half-year-old deer. Um, I went a whole week without seeing a deer. I, I think I said in the video... Uh, without seeing a buck. No, I didn't see a deer for a week. Yeah. Um, if I saw five bucks in a season, I'm talking basket rack, year and a half olds. That was a, a pretty average season where I grew up. So um, there's not a whole lot of opportunity there. And they've added everything. They've added, you, you can buy tags over the counter. You can shoot two bucks. Uh, you can use every weapon known to man. Oh man, it must be paradise. And there's habitat everywhere. There's just countless amount of actually pretty incredible habitat across Michigan. There's not opportunities there. It stinks. It's a joke. Yeah. It's a disaster. 
And any honest person that hunts in Michigan uh, that's a bit of a serious hunter will would tell you the hunting is an absolute joke. And you go across the border into Indiana or into northern Ohio or, or further into Ohio, whatever, um, tons and tons of people, but Indiana went to a one-buck rule. Uh, Ohio went to a one-buck rule and got their gun season out of the rut. Well, which out of the three, which one's the best? Yeah. Ohio. Well, why is that? It's not a mystery. Well, and then which is second best? It's Indiana because they made a one-buck rule 20 years ago. Yeah. So, and then you pop across the border into Michigan, which looks amazing. I mean, desolate, middle of nowhere, the southern tier of Michigan. And it looks ridiculously amazing. And finding mature deer there is just extremely difficult. I mean, yeah. it, it can be done in southern Michigan and some of the really, really rural parts of that state. But um, the kids that hunt there, that's not fun. I mean, not seeing a deer for a week, I people always ask me like, Hey, how did you get into hunting when you didn't see deer for a week? And it's honestly kind of a miracle. I just kept yeah. wanting to go out and freeze and hopefully I'd see a deer. Well, most kids, especially with electronics nowadays, um, and all these things that are pulling the other, the kids interests, that's our problem is electronics and, and just the ease of life. Well, when you make hunting just extremely difficult and not fun, like Michigan, these kids aren't going to want to hunt. Right. Go ahead. Every weapon known to man, these kids won't want to hunt. Yeah. So you went from a very difficult state to hunt when you were a kid because you lived in, you lived in Michigan. Yep. Yeah. And then you moved to, moved to Iowa from Michigan or did you bounce around? Yep. No, I went right from Michigan to Iowa. Gotcha. Um, I hunted in Illinois. We'd do road trips. I mean, it was all permission stuff. Uh, we'd go to Kansas. We'd go all over the place, Missouri, Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, and I got to Iowa maybe three states into it. This was after going to Illinois for a while, and I went to, to Iowa while I was, uh, you know, like I did my Illinois hunt, and after that I did an Iowa hunt, and I went, oh, my goodness. This place is unbelievably better than Illinois. I mean right. – light years ahead of Illinois. Right. Blew my mind. So do you have any examples that you can, I mean, the only real example uh, that I've, that I can say is um, two, a couple things in regards to the non-resident thing, right? Non-resident landowner comes in, buys uh, a piece of property, displaces several hunters, and then, uh, and so now we all have to jockey in that area for new, you know, new permission or hunt already pressured public. Um, the other one would be I've ever since the straight wall cartridge was allowed. I don't know what your thoughts are on, on that. Basically it's a, it's still a rifle during the, yeah, it's a rifle. It, it's minor, but it's a stepping stone. They want, right. they want necked cartridges. That's their goal. Right. And they wanted, I mean, it bumped their sales up. They sold a heck of a lot of straight wall cartridges. Yeah. Did it destroy the state? No. Did it help the state? No. Or yet not one bit. Yeah. You know, maybe I can understand the argument. Hey, the 350 legends great for kids. Cause it kicks a little bit less. Okay. I mean, there, it doesn't mean there's no merit to the other side of the discussion, but very little merit to that one. Is is it a game changing uh, regulation? No. Yeah. But the second they open it up to center fires, that's going to be a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
and I, I don't know about you, but I feel, and this is, this is just me from, you know, several years of hunting Iowa and watching, I mean, I can remember giants just running around like crazy, uh, during the rut. Right. And yep. over the past 10 years, I have seen myself a decline in this, I don't know, some of it's probably due to uh, like EHD type uh, scenarios, but just from the amount of people now hunting in Iowa, I I try to preach this on my podcast because, you know, when I first started this, a lot of people like, well, it must be nice to hunt Iowa because, you know, there's booners around every tree and shit like that. Well, like what you don't understand is we have very limited uh, ground where they live. I mean, if you go north of Des Moines up into the strict ag area, uh, northeast or northeast before you hit the river valleys, man, that's there's a, no deer. There's all it's all agriculture. It you is, can see you can see ten miles when that corn comes down. Yeah, ten miles and maybe see like a handful of trees. There's no deer, yeah. and that's the majority of the state. Yeah, seven to eight percent timber. The vast majority of the state, there is nothing. There's not a raccoon. There's yeah. not a deer. There's not a coyote. There's nothing. Yeah. Yep. So the land. It's, and we did it. We did a thread on Iowa Whitetail. Actually, I actually posted this, and I said, "Has the hunting in Iowa gotten better or worse in the last ten years?" And I thought it would be kind of steady. Yeah. That was my gut, but I genuinely wanted to hear from other people, and that's when I did the. Um, that's what triggered me to do this video. I mean, that really, when I heard back from, I mean, dozens of hardcore diehard hunters across the state, it was unanimous that the hunting's gotten worse in the last 10 years. And that, I kind of went, whoa, yeah. dang it. I want to, I want to see that trend stop. Um, you know, so I recognize that unanimously, I would say 90% of hunters would say the, ch the hunting's gotten more challenging yeah. in the last 10 years. It's gotten worse. There's less mature bucks. So why would we want to do anything to screw it up even worse? Yeah. Um, so non-residents, uh, weapons, uh, non-resident non rules and regulations, uh, weapons, rules and regulations. Outside of those two things, are there anything else uh, that you feel is a detriment to the state of Iowa? Non-residents weapons um killing more deer i mean there is clearly yeah. pockets with high deer numbers but they're they're rare i yeah. mean it's and there's nothing you're going to do about it anyways because it's usually a guy that says there's no hunting to go on in my land or you know they don't i know these people that that don't want anybody on their land they don't want to kill anything you're not going to change anything there so um the insurance companies love to see the dnrc or the dnr put uh quotas out there where another if you said hey um farm bureau we're thinking about um killing off every last year and just leaving 10 left what do you think about that farm bureau would be like great we love that uh so killing the deer off is and especially with ehd and all the other challenges that we've had in the last 20 years which are are vastly increased the amount of ehd i mean it's it's blown up in 20 years and i could get into that can of worms anytime as well but um that's been a huge one. So the hunters have really taken a lot of, a lot of punches to the gut where the EHD and now, and now they say, uh, Rosen, Rosenboom gets it. So, Hey, 
if you have leftover deer tags because the hunters of that county say, hey, there's not deer to shoot anymore. We shot, we had four months. Uh, we don't need to shoot anymore. He says, hey, now you can bring rifles out. And and all that happens is the guys from Des Moines, Iowa City, Cedar Rapids, wherever, they just come down and they're like, hey, there's there's this many tags left in this county. And they find places to go and they do these big deer pushes. I see it every year um, when they used to do it. Now they're doing it again. Uh, and they want to shoot deer at, and they do pushes and they shoot them at 400 yards with their 30-06. It's silly. I mean, yeah. the amount of shed bucks, extra button bucks, and just deer in general that get shot that really don't need to be shot in these areas yeah uh, the hunters know this but they don't care it's it's like glorified rabbit hunting for them which you know whatever they can do what they want yeah. it's just a shame we let this get through yeah and, and i can i definitely can can understand that now would it be a big issue if i mean so the conservation right I'm, I'm sure there's some political stuff in here but the conservation offices they do their research they do their studies and then they suggest from a county standpoint how many tags should be allocated uh as far as uh antlerless because every resident can get a, a buck tag um but not every resident can get a for example i live in johnson county okay if yeah. i don't buy my buck tag and a doe tag on august 25th i believe that's when it is every year or somewhere around there before the general it opens up i won't get a doe tag for my county so so because of the the quotas and the just amount of people that live there compared to let's say a a southern or northern uh, county outside of you know cedar rapids des moines iowa city outside of the metros and then um you can go down to like let's just say Van Buren. Usually they got five thousand doe tags available, and they never get sold out. So mm-hmm. if if those counties would open up a an antlerless season, do you feel do you feel that, or let's just say with a a rifle, uh, that there's a detriment there because of the amount of shed bucks that are shot every year. Yeah, I mean any anything additionally. And, and the, you know, the DNR even, I've heard them say the, the big big bucks don't lose their antlers till later, which is... That's bullshit. Certain, yeah, certain years they do, certain years they don't. Some some deer just lose their, their uh, antlers early. I mean, I, I see countless deer that have shed their antlers in January. Every year. I don't care what year it is. Yeah. A lot of them are just fine the next year. They're healthy. Uh, they do just fine. So more shed bucks get killed. More button bucks get killed. More deer get killed. And here's the thing. Van Buren County, where I own my farm, you've got these pockets of big landowners yes. with tons of deer. They're they're gonna do what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and in every area in Van Buren County has had four months to kill deer. If you can't get it done in four months with seven deer seasons uh, and six plus weapons, um, take up a different hobby. I mean, bowling, bingo. Uh, I mean, that is plenty of opportunity to kill deer. So um, you're doing nothing by doing that, except you, the the small parcels where there's a few people, hey, this guy's got 80 acres. He doesn't care who goes out there. And there's already been people pounding it all year. You get a group of guys that shows up there in a few trucks and they do some pushes and kill off, you know, the last few deer on that place. And, and the big parcels, they're doing nothing. 
yeah. these guys aren't going to let this garbage go. And and then you got guys that are like, oh my gosh, look at how bad some of these areas are getting shot up. So they'll be the guys, right, wrong, or indifferent, that just say, I need to save my money and buy land because this is madness. Or I need to lease something and lock this up so this does not happen on my land. And then there's just this huge dichotomy between great land and just degraded land. Yeah. So you've got these pockets that are phenomenal, and then you've got the areas that are just your, your everyday ground that just get destroyed. And it just further destroys these areas. And who does that hurt? It hurts the new hunter. It hurts the working man. It hurts the guy that, that is hunting by permission. That's who gets hurt by this. Yeah. Do you think the hunting celebrity uh, of sorts or the the large landowner that is only the, the, the highly managed ground that it, I'll just say celebrity hunters who own ground in, in Iowa uh, hurt or help? are the local situation um they could be and i'm friends with a lot of these people and i mean i've been on many of their farms uh it's a small world and um you know i think just before i go on i mean i think the term hunting celebrity is kind of funny i'm kind of like the anti-hunting celebrity i'm friends with these folks and a lot of them laugh at the term hunting celebrity. Right. The few people who want to be hunting celebrities, I think it's hilarious. I think it's kind of goofy. Personality, um, but, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ego of deer hunting, come on, man. It's it's deer hunting. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, and I understand alpha males have egos, um, but the deer celebrity thing makes me laugh. But anyways, back on point, um, you know, I think they they could be actually a really a great force for good. Uh, could be some of them are some of them aren't I think I, you can't paint it with a broad brush uh, those that are like hey I made it I have thousands of acres I don't care what happens to the state I don't care if the hunting goes down the tubes and you could change the regulations in any fashion these guys are going to sit back some of them and they could be like, I don't care not going to affect me I got a gazillion acres here um, so the ones that actually advocate keeping the state good, doing um, kind of what I'm hopefully doing, protecting the state, do a lot of good. The ones that uh, can bring more people into the sport, I think that's great. Um, I grew up watching tons of hunting videos and reading magazines. I mean, there was very little available, but I ate it up, and that was um, a really positive, th positive thing for me. I don't, I don't watch the shows really anymore, but... Um, as a young hunter, it was great. So that part's great. Uh, you know, giving a, a, not a realistic perception of Iowa, that that's a problem. I mean, Oh man, look at this guy. He shoots a, you know, a 200 inch deer every time he goes or not really, but I mean, he, he, he's got a field with 30 giants in it. Um, that's not reality. I mean, it's reality on some of these good farms. I mean, I've seen it. I, I know that world. Um, my farm is very good, but I understand that I, I know what the little farms are like. And I have little farms yeah. that are, you know, 40 acres with a draw of timber in it. And it's difficult to hunt and shooting mature deer is very hard. So giving the perception that this is easy, that's, that doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's not that big a deal, but uh, I, I hope, and I think most people with just a little bit of brains and maybe one year of experience hunting here will go, whoa. 
it's not nearly as easy as uh, I was. I thought it would be. Yeah. Except if you come from one of those states, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, that was me. Yeah, I got here and I went, "Holy cow, this is!" Cr-. But I mean, a two and a half year old was a big deer to me, and yeah. and that is a problem with some of these guys, all the non residents coming here, because every non resident that comes here for the first time is like, "Well, a three year old with kickers all over—that's a giant for my state. It's yeah. a giant. They'll shoot it." And that's not, that really doesn't help things out. Um, So yeah, it was, I I was blown away when I hunted here. Now, you know, I talk to these guys like, well, you know, I want to come there and, you know, shoot, shoot like a 180, 200. And, you know, if I'm in a really good county and I pay a lot for ground or whatever, then I should be able to do that. And two years later, they're selling their land or they're doing something different. Cause they're like, man, this was way harder than what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any, anything else from a, from a, uh, a detrimental standpoint, I want to get into some positives here after this, but is there anything else that the, that you're in fear of happening to the state of Iowa? Um, I would say I'll just bottom line it here. The, th- the one thing that's going to change this is well two things one people joining iowa bow hunters association iba uh they're the the only defense that iowa has they have you know they have one lobbyist uh it's the reason that iowa is great you have to join it you can't just be yeah let them take care of it no join it It costs very little money and they're the only reason that iowa still is what it is and and see and if they go away iowa's gone um and the other detriment is hunters getting complacent which we have been no hunters staying complacent i'll say that you know these politicians will call me saying please get your get everyone you know spread the word to please write in i mean it takes 10 minutes you could probably write in to all your representatives if you're good with copying and pasting the email and changing the names and stuff maybe 20 minutes more hunters have to do this so if people don't do this all these horrible regulations, whatever it is, will get passed. So these these politicians, the good ones, um, and there is some good ones, uh, are begging us, begging us to write in when when this stuff comes out. And on Iowa till we list all the legislation that comes out. IBA puts out a newsletter that says, "Hey, this is the stuff coming out." I mean, some of it's crazy. So uh, you got to write in and you got to spread this with social media and, and send it to your buddies and spend the time to write in. Yeah. It's just critical. And and this just isn't in the state of Iowa. This no. is across all states that yeah, this where, is where what, hunting matters or if yeah, hunting but, is but, important but, to you. But the ship has sailed in all these other states where people didn't do anything and the hunting's been ruined for, I mean, since I was born, I, I'm certain when I was one year old in a crib in Michigan, uh, and I couldn't talk. I'm sure the hunting was terrible. I know it was. Um, these A lot of these states have just been ruined for decades. And while it's just status quo, it's just garbage. It could be amazing. Michigan could be lights out amazing. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Missouri, Illinois could destroy Iowa. Yeah. I mean, they could, they could blow Iowa out of the water if they just made a couple common sense regulation changes. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I agree 100%, and that kind of goes back to the cover in Iowa versus Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Missouri, right? Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I go across 
I go across the border into Missouri, it's about a 20-minute drive. There's no people over there. I mean, it's desolate, northern Missouri. It is amazing. The, cover, the, the timber mixed with ag is just unbelievable. It's the same thing with southern Minnesota. It's the same thing when you go across to um, Wisconsin or Illinois. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's a perfect deer mecca that just has its kneecapped every year because the, the opportunity to be an amazing deer state with opportunities for everybody just gets destroyed every year because of poor regulations. Yeah. Well, let's end on a positive note. Um, Love it. Has, has Iowa uh, done things for maybe not from a rules and regulation standpoint, but from a conservation uh, standpoint or whatever you see that's a positive in the last handful of years to make you feel that there's still hope? Absolutely. I mean, it's still the greatest state in the country. I mean, there's areas that are down in the last 10 years. There's no doubt about it. And some of it isn't to do with the regulations. Some of it's EHD. Um, some of it's, uh, no, EHT is a big one. I mean, that one, that one is, people don't understand how many deer get wiped out from EHD uh, when, when it goes through. I mean, maybe a thousand get reported, but there's probably 20 times that amount that don't get reported. I mean, right. it wipes herds out of areas. I mean, 80, 90% reductions in some areas. So, um, so, but on the positive side of things, I was awesome. It's great. It's the regulations are amazing. If they don't change the regulations, things will rebound from EHD. Um, things will rebound from some poor regulation choices. We can get these turned around. We did it before when they had late, the late shed buck season back about five, six, seven years ago, things got so bad that the hunter said, stop. And we got it stopped. And then hunters went back to sleep and they got it back again. So things can get changed for the better. So um, Iowa's a phenomenal state. It's it's probably hurting right now a little bit for a host of reasons. It's, it's going to hurt. We've got pain coming with this, this late shed buck season coming up for the next three years. Wait till three years from now in certain neighborhoods. People are going to go, what the heck happened? But when you have a gun season that doesn't start until into December, you know, December 6th or whatever, whatever it is. And we limit the amount of non-residents. Um, the state's always going to be top shelf. It's always going to be top tier. So the future's awesome if we don't mess with it. The state's awesome. I love this state. I would, I, I, I'm fighting for this state. I, uh, I don't want to see this state go down the tube. So this is the greatest state in the country, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and for whitetail hunting, I mean, for, raising my family for every reason i love this state so it can't be more positive than that i love this state it's right. a phenomenal whitetail state and i want it to i want it to stay that way i want it like i said I'll keep iowa great i love it sounds good well skip man i really appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh hop on the the uh, phone with me and and go through this um there's a lot of us iowans this is going to go out on a national level obviously but there's uh, a lot of us iowans who are concerned about the future and uh, I'm glad someone like you could come on and uh, express that so uh, again thank you very much for your time and uh, you know here's to Iowa all right man I appreciate it keep Iowa great and there you have it another episode in the books huge shout out to Skip again do me a favor go to Instagram when I post this 
uh, when I make the post about this episode, please let me know if you're happy with the current rules and regulations in your state. Uh, talk to me about this podcast. Uh, I know that there's going to be some mixed feelings about this from, you know, especially if you're a non-resident uh, landowner in the state of Iowa and you listen to this. I mean, that it might piss you off a little bit, but it is what it is. So with that said, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, huge shout out to Skip. Huge shout out to Tethered Wasp, HuntStand, and Vortex. Please go out and support the companies that support this pod- podcast. Please go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. Leave a five-star review. Let everybody know how awesome this podcast is. And uh, last but not least, man, the good vibes, right? Put the good vibes out. Get the good vibes back. And uh, it's that time of season where we really got to start checking our equipment and make sure our safety harness is ready to go. All right. I think that's it. Have a good day. Thank you.